entering a new community can be both thrilling and terrifying. We all want something familiar we can cling to. We crave a landing spot that can help us regain our bearings when we inevitably find ourselves getting lost. Our newest residents have been seen around town, trying to find those familiar touch points, calling out to something, anything that will give them a sense of home. I am calling from Elm Lake. Ever since returning from the bunker and control, things have been disorienting to say the least. I once thought I knew all of the ins and outs of our little town, but the events that forced three of us deep under the ground showed a dark underbelly, one that apparently doesn't take much to unearth. I've tried to put it out of my mind, but I can't help but shudder when I see Lorraine fully corporeal, Marcus smiling with actual pleasantness, or even Andrea walking down the street, as though she had never been carried away by some winged creature. Rationally, I know that, for them, none of what I'm remembering about recent events even happened. They were reset. I wasn't. And it was a choice that I had made because I didn't believe anyone else could or should. You'd think that seeing Anthony and Jenny going about their business without any of the recent dread would put me at ease. If anything, it makes everything worse. I can't help but wonder if I made the wrong choice. Maybe I should have waited until they were both back within the confines of that strangely lit room before I pushed the button. Or maybe I should have let one of them make the sacrifice that I did. Whatever the button really did, the collective amnesia experienced by the residents of Elm Lake seems, I don't know, pleasant? Comforting? They always say that ignorance is bliss, but is it even ignorance if the knowledge has been completely stripped away from you? I don't know the answer, and I don't really know if I want to. This is why I've been spending time trying to get to know the newest residents of Elm Lake, Marissa Stevens and Samantha Brower. They don't have the same baggage attached to them that the rest of the town does. When I talk to Marissa, I don't wonder if she remembers the night our town played hide and seek and some were never really found. Speaking with Samantha, I'm not curious about her reaction when the moon was captured from the sky. They're new to Elm Lake, so none of those moments could possibly mean anything to them. In fairness, this version of the rest of Elm Lake are also apparently new, but I remember them through those moments, and that is something I can't shake no matter how hard I try. They seem to want to help our residents, and I only hope that they get to, even if I don't understand their methods. One thing is certain, though. I'm planning on being at the glass eye on opening day. She's just so nice, kind, and a little clingy maybe, <laughs> but there is something haunted in the way that she looks at us. 
She helped us get settled. Sam tried to say that we didn't need any help, that all the necessary arrangements had already been made, and I had to gently shush her. I told Amelia that we're happy for the help, and that we'll definitely reach out if there's something she can do for us. Sam's too guarded, and far too independent. We haven't been able to do what we've done in the other communities without help. And it's clear that Amelia wants to help however she can. She isn't quite as useful for our needs right now with George and Lorraine, but that's the camaraderie spawned by fellow business owners, trying to restore some semblance of bustle to the central square of a town. I think there's so much we can do, and we need to have the community on our side to really be of the most use. I think Sam's also concerned, because I'm talking more than I normally do. Normally, I sit back and am the quiet observer in conversations, but Amelia just brings me out of my shell. She doesn't look at us like puzzles or strangers who don't belong. And while I can tell that she has questions she desperately wants the answers to, she isn't asking those questions to us. Again, it's nice. I can't wait to show her around the glass eye when everything is finished. We are so close to being ready for customers and truly being able to start the work that we need to do. I know Sam is eager too, even if she doesn't want to show it. As for the man, who always seems to have questions written across his face, well, I don't trust him. But that's because I haven't yet been able to hear what he actually needs. I don't want to talk to him. At least not yet. The time isn't right. There's too much work to do first. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I've extended my offer to both Marissa and Samantha to come to the studio, sit down, and answer questions. They're new in town, and I know that everyone in Elm Lake is eager to learn about who they are, what they hope to do here, and their feelings on the breakfast sandwiches at the Owl's Nest Diner. I do worry that they're going to be like the strange Jenny Fowler girl and enjoy them more than anyone should be able to. After all, listeners, as I've stressed before, the sandwiches are remarkably subpar. But no. I've been rebuffed at every turn. I've tried to speak to them as a pair. I've hoped to maybe catch them independently from each other. But whether one-on-one or as a unit, they just don't seem interested in talking. At least not with me. I'm just trying to do my job and provide a service to the rest of Elm Lake. A quick interview, a chance for them to tell us about themselves and their histories, and they will surely be welcomed with open arms. Why, I've heard Jonas say that he's even considered turning the Elm Lake Improvisational Quartet into a quintet. He would have to leave one of the other members of their responsibilities to welcome both Samantha and Marissa in, but he's willing to do so. He just needs to know a little bit about where they came from 
what they're passionate about doing and if there are any song styles that they are especially proficient in. Listeners, I will continue to try. I have discovered this broadcast studio for a reason. I have chosen to chronicle the goings-on of our small town for a reason. I may not actually be a journalist, but I'm the closest thing that Elm Lake has. And a good journalist gets to the story, even if he keeps shifting away. I think I know how I'll get that interview. I'll go to the Owl's Nest Diner. I know that Jenny will be there tonight as well, probably with her basket. So I'll have something to distract myself until I get that moment with Samantha and Marissa. It'll have to happen. After all, the glass eye is opening soon, and a little publicity can only help them get people in the door. He's too nosy. I know he wants to find out all about what we're thinking, what we've done before, and how we'll help the citizens of Elm Lake. He's been around a lot, trying to get those moments. Riz still thinks he's a decent person, but she's also made it clear she doesn't trust him completely. She's more intuitive than I am, so if she doesn't trust him, I don't think I can trust him either. Not that I really need or even want to trust people. The only person I need to trust is Riz. She's been with me, working on our goals for so long. Without her trust, I never would have gotten as close as I have. She's got a gift that's hard to quantify. It's more than that, though. I do honestly care about her. Marissa's probably the only person I actually feel could understand everything, even if I can't quite explain it to her. Not yet, at least. We have to get closer to the end before I can, just in case she isn't as dedicated to the task as I think she is. But she's so eager to get to work, and if it wasn't for her drive, even I don't know if things would be ready for us to begin. I need to rein her in sometimes, but it's a delicate balance. I don't want to stifle her passion. That's part of why I encouraged her to spend time around that Amelia woman. One, it's nice to see her speaking more regularly and doing so independently of me. And two, her talents really flourish the stronger of a connection she has with the communities that we've been to. I'm hoping she'll be able to speak with the girl with the basket at some point too. But I'm willing to take it slowly. Again, it's important to me to not allow Riz to overexert herself. She's no good to anyone if she burns out too quickly. 
I'm here to remind her that sometimes it's better to keep things close to the vest. Not everything needs to be laid out in explicit terms. Riz is running around in excitement today, too. Her excitement is honestly almost matched by my own. I don't show it as physically as she does, but the excitement is definitely there. After all, in mere moments, the door will swing open. The glass eye will be able to greet its first customers. Naturally, it will take us some time before we're actually able to serve our clientele. But that's just the nature of what we provide. You can't expect the personalized craftsmanship we can give overnight. The dolls have been patient, and they're willing to keep waiting. Our first customer arrives. It remains to be seen if they are also the first to receive our gifts. Welcome to the Glass Eye. How can I help you today? I'm so glad that you're finally open. I've been waiting. Elm Lake is waiting too. Calling from Elm Lake, episode 29, Welcome to the Doll Shop, was written and produced by Sean Monahan. The voice of Elm Lake is Sean Monahan. The voice of Amelia Ashford is Maddie Stewart. The voice of Marissa Stevens is Scarlett Gray. The voice of Samantha Brower is Malia Hansen. Opening and closing themes written and performed by Sean Monahan. All other music written and performed by Matt McInnes. Find out more at machinismusic.com. Thank you for listening to our ongoing tale. If you've enjoyed our stories so far, please leave a rating and review. Word of mouth will help us continue to grow and unfold new tales within our universe. You can also join us at www.patreon.com slash callingfromelmlake to help support us as independent artists carving out our own space in this creative world. Information is a commodity. It can be sold, traded, exchanged, or parceled out as one sees fit. It can also be hoarded, locked away, and hidden from the world. Information shared will grow, expanding and connecting to new details, creating a more vivid, enlightening picture. Information hoarded will also grow, spreading out tendrils to grasp onto stranger and stranger connections. Information buried grows the most chaotically of all and is practically unrecognizable when unearthed.